Hello, 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 hello. I always go, yo, at the start. <laughs> so I thought, well, Cut that shit out. yeah, I thought I should say hello. Just be a polite young boy. How are you, Ollie, today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. A little bit tired, but we're feeling good. Feeling otherwise. good. We've got um, special guest Kieran Davidson coming on at the back end of the pod. Yeah. Um, great yeah. interview. Just talk about big brother shit. And, you know, we, la- we landed the big fish. Yeah. The big fish has Root been landed. Root him in. Root him in. So pretty much making it to the top now. Um, <laughs> big, co- big competition fish. He's weighing in heavy. <laughs> we're loving it. Um, we're, we're hungover. Oh, well, I am at least. And mm. we, we know I do my best work hungover sometimes. <laughs> you, you drove me home last night, which was yep. thankful. We had to make a quick... Pit stop <laughs> at the front of a car wash. <laughs> in front of a car wash. <laughs> Just wanted to see what prices they were doing for the cars. No, I had to. I had some bad chicken or something like that. Oh man, <laughs> you were blowing chunks, man. That was that was honestly like it was like a. Yeah, like, it, wasn't it was nice. It was an explosion. I went to the. So I kind of go hang hung uh, being hungover is a mindset. Right. That's my thoughts. So I went to the gym this morning because it's like, it's a mindset. Like I can just go to the gym and I'll be fine. Yeah, go to the gym. It's back day. Sunday's back day today. So first set of deadlifts, bang. I was like, oh, I don't feel so good. Let's go for a little walk. Bang, throw up in the toilet. Oh. So as much as it is a mindset. And that, that was it? You went home? Uh, I walked back out and I looked around for about 30 seconds. I was like, do I do this? And then I was like... Nah, that was that was enough deadlifting for me. So then I went home. I went into Coles. I was like, you know what? I'll buy some food to cook for lunch today. Mm. And the rotisserie chickens made me feel fucking sick. <laughs> and, I, and I had to leave. I had to leave. Like I, I was actually going to cook, and but I was like, nah. The the chicken smelling here. So this no. whole this whole trip was like a total of like twenty minutes. <laughs> well, I drove to a gym further away uh. because I like that one nicer. And I was like, oh, so I, it took me about 15 minutes to drive there. Yeah. I was longer, it took me longer to drive there than I was in the gym. (laughs) And I had a pre-work, I think it was the pre-workout as well, because I was tired. I was like, I'll just have a little bit of pre-workout. So a bit of a silly mistake by me, but look, I look skinny. So (laughs) (laughs) who's the real winner here? Um, We had episode 50. We passed episode 50. We forgot to mention it because someone stuffed up the number in. I don't know who it was. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. But yeah, what it happened. It happened. So I've got a couple... I listened back to our first ever episodes we did together. Yeah. My God, they were horrible. Mm. They were horrible. So it's just practice. Practice makes perfect. And I've got a couple clips from the first couple episodes. So obviously... So we had... The original rendition, which was a, a SoundCloud-only podcast back in 2020. Mm. And this was the intro for it. And I thought this fucking slapped. I was like, oh, yeah. I thought I killed this shit. And this is horrible. Have a listen to this. And hello. Welcome. I hope you all enjoyed Cam's time capture. Don't laugh. This is the intro. I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm sure it's with someone good, or it's by myself, but whatever, I hope you enjoy, bless up. Woo! How's the energy? How is the energy? Oh man, I love how it's a copy-paste intro. I love how (laughs) it's just like, you can use that for every single pod, because you've left it very vague. (laughs) (laughs) There will be a guest on, or it will be by myself. (laughs) 
depends. I don't know. Bless up. We, <laughs> but I remember when I faded, in, like when I learned how to fade the song in and uh, out, I was like, I'm a music producer now. Yeah. I'm a DJ. So, and the energy, you got this. I, Dude, listening to it at the time, I thought that was fire. Yeah, same, same. I thought that was fire. But we're going to hopefully in episode 100, we listen back to this and we go, what are these guns on about? They're absolutely talking <laughs> shit. So there's that one. There's this one as well. This just shows how far we've grown. Mm. This shows just how far we've grown. Look, I'm a big fan of the radio. Like a, a good radio show is a... Yeah, yeah. Eddie McGuire in the morning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're still a big fan of Eddie McGuire in the morning and radio, no. Holly? Nah, nah, nah. I, I, don't, I don't reckon... I don't I don't reckon the radio has been touched since, honestly. I, I like the only time I'll ever listen to radio is maybe a bit of SEN, mm. maybe, but really not that much. Like I'm, I'm a podcast guy. I'm always got the podcast on, so that just shows how much growth I've had. I like we're talking, we're talking about music, yeah. and then we go, oh yeah, like I don't really listen to that much music. I'm just more of a radio guy. I just like, <laughs> I just like to have Triple M on. I'll put Triple J on sometimes. Oh, man. Yeah, that is uh, that how is kind of cringe. How inaccurate that is now. Yeah, and this last clip, this is from the first ep we did on the new show on Camp's Time Capsule. I think it's episode three or something like that. And this is what you had to say. Goals. So I th- I'm fairly certain, not too sure, I'm fairly certain I'm going to, I'm still tossing and turning. I'm pretty sure I'm going to quit my job at the yep. end of the year. Yep. And then um, uh. I want to go study and do like business uh. and psychology. Yeah. Um, pretty sure that's I'm, I'm like I'm when I'm saying pretty sure I think I'm like ninety five percent. Ninety five percent. So it's like yeah. that. The end of year has gone. We're living in the five percent. We're living in that five percent world, baby. Where anything can happen. Are you <laughs> are you annoyed that you haven't done that, or are you just happy with the changed circumstances and you you mm. pr- you prefer what you're doing right now? No, I'm pretty. Look, I think either way I would be happy, but I think I'm. My, like in the because I, I could have done exactly what I had set out to do it wouldn't have been a problem at all but I wouldn't be as satisfied with where I'm at if I think I'd done that versus the new plans that I've got now yeah yeah yep 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 so yeah now that we're living that five percent living so. in that five percent <laughs> you just don't know when uh when things are going to change yeah. when things are going to change we got, um we got a podcast <laughs> we do have a podcast yeah is that is the podcast the reason you reckon what that I that you've uh, you scrapped that plan <laughs> <laughs> now? Well, now because I'm just going full force at this. Yeah, but, I don't know. Nah, it's not that. Uh, <laughs> bit more of a serious topic I want to lay on you. So my dad is doing a five day hike on this like island mm. to raise money for mental health for for teenagers. Yep. What a like a great cause. Yeah. I just uh, I just want to read out a couple of things. Young people are so. This is the. This is what he's emailed me. He, I called him up and I was like, can you send me something for the podcast and I'll talk about it. And he sent me this. I don't think he wrote this, but young people are so amazing. However, right now, Australia is confronted by young mental health crisis. Over the last two years, 80% of young people have experienced mental health issues and one in four young people have report, have reported suicidal thoughts. This needs to change. Obviously, that's a horrible thing. So he's doing mm. a five-day hike um, one of the days includes a mountain with a summit of 875 meters. Mm. So five day hike. And it's like, so there's about 10 of them. How many years they're doing it? About 10 of them doing it. Um, five day hike on Lord Howe Island. Wow. Um, includes an ex-football player, Scott Waters, and an ex-Ironman, Trevor Hendy. And my dad is just doing it. My dad's just a normal <laughs> dude. And I'm like, that is crazy that he's doing it. I'm very proud of him to do this. And yeah, for men, for 
um, mental health. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show description and all that because I would love for you to all to donate and I think it would just be a good time to talk about, especially, look, we're still young and mm. thing, but I think this is more towards like teenage times and stuff like that. Yep. And I know for myself that when I was a teenager, not that I was like depressed or anything like that, but I think everything just hits you so much harder as well. Yep. Even like if it's not that big of a deal, like everything, you can't deal with stuff that as well and... Being a 16-year-old boy, it's not that hard to communicate with your friends and stuff yeah. like that when you are feeling down. So do you have any things you want to talk about when you were like 15, 16, like when you were a young teenager out there? Yeah, it was definitely different. I've always had like the ability to um, be a bit of an open book and like mm -hmm. share whatever I'm thinking, but it has to be kind of with the right people. You know what was a bit of a trip um, recently is we went to a party just actually last night and we saw a friend of ours we hadn't seen in quite a while who you know kind of gone ghost kind of wanted to do his own thing and then um we were kind of all like a little bit confused by it but then saw him last night caught up with him and he was going through his own shit mm -hmm. he was battling some stuff at the time and bless his soul he's come out the other side a lot stronger he's really honed in on what he wants to do he set himself up career-wise it's really nice he's got himself out of home uh, you know living you know in a place and he's doing fantastic so you know it's like a lot of the time you don't realise people are going through stuff yeah. unless they communicate it with, with you, but it's fine. Like, you know, if people don't choose to communicate with you, it doesn't mean they, you know, think any less of you or anything like that. But I guess it's kind of, you know, as long as you're comfortable sharing with someone, you've got to have that person. And if you do, great, then, you know, you can work stuff out. Then you can really use that to your advantage, like being able to go through a tough time, come out better for it. And then, you know, I guess your priorities align a little bit better after you go through rough shit. Mm, definitely, definitely. And I know for myself, like, if, I've, if I'm stressed or, like, upset about something and I don't – and I just sit on it and I'm just stewing about it in my head, mm. you just think of the worst outcomes possible pretty much. You never yeah. – like – and I'm a pretty optimistic person. So, like, I know for me that when I am – and I talk to Evie about it, I talk to you about it, and, like – you just feel like it's a weight off your shoulders and stuff like that. So yeah. always out there, speak up. And look, I'm not sure if we have many teenagers listen to the show, mm. but you know, high school time, high school is fucking brutal. Yeah. Like there was people at that party last night from high school who like, I didn't really talk to in high school, but just because you're so clicky in high school and you're yeah. so like, you're not, I'm cool. I'm super cool. I fucking bow down to, like, you know what I mean? It's very yeah, clicky. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was just talking to like, oh dude, I'd hardly spoke to in high school. I was like, this guy's a legend. Yep. Like this guy's an absolute legend. But in high school, it's all about who's got the biggest dick and like all that shit. Um, I think it's changing though. I don't know if from me, but I think the stigma around mental health is just getting better and better and better each year mm. in terms of like in 10 years time, I think, it, sh it will be a lot more normalized to talk about things and stuff like that because especially for when our parents were younger mm. or even when we were like even younger it's like my dad would, was told to shut up like my dad was told to never cry uh, yep. like even when i was younger i was told like boys that like men don't cry yeah men don't cry but now it's kind of changed into like no it's good to express your emotions and all that and yep. when was the last time you cried um last time i cried like properly see this is the thing man i wish i had more times recently where i bawled my mm. eyes out you know what i mean like there'll be times where i'll where i'll might like tear up or something like that mm. you see you know something like i'm like you uh, 
you watch something and it evokes yeah. like the emotions you tear up but i actually wish and like maybe you know like uh, you know be careful what you wish for but I wish there was more times where I had like bald, man, because there is nothing better than that like kind of that kind of release, right? Yeah. You know, like where you can kind of let it all out and fucking just allow yourself to be just. I guess it's a weird. Is it kind of processing it? Like, well, it's, it's, I think it's definitely releasing it in a way, right? I don't cry. I growing up, I cried. I was a very very emotional kid, even through like high school until like I was probably like fifth. Like I, when I was like 13, 12, 13, I cried a lot, and I was very emotional. Yeah, and I was always told like stop being so emotional. Like I was really don't cry, don't cry. Like. I'd get picked on if I cried. Like, crying was the sign of weakness and stuff yeah. like that. So I'd grown up with, don't cry, Cameron. Like, you know, stop being a little pussy, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And now I've, I did that growing up and I was like crying, like nothing good comes from it. So I've turned it into, I don't cry anymore. Yep. And it kind of sucks. Yeah. Because even if like, um, uh, you're, if I'm like, having a shit day and I'm depressed, sometimes if you cry and stuff, you can kind of get it out. And then like, it's a wake up moment type of thing. But I just, I've been pressured, not pressured, but like the, everyone's saying crying, you're a little bitch camera, blah, blah, blah. That's forced me to not cry anymore. So I haven't, like the last time I cried was when my dad or died. Yeah. End of last year. And look, I don't think there's nothing's happened this year that, um, I should cry about really like my life's yeah. pretty good and stuff like that. But yep. um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think the times are changing. Yeah. I think the times are changing and I hope if you can donate $5, $10, whatever you can, great cause. My daddy's fucking doing this huge hike for five days yeah. where ex AFL football players and an I, ex Ironman's doing it. Like, so it's a challenge for those guys. Yeah. And my dad, just a run and mill dude, he's fucking doing yeah. this. What a legend. Shout That's out, awesome. Dad. Uh, I'm very proud of you. Yeah. So, nah, and look, honestly, you can hear how proud you are in your voice. Yeah, when I saw you know? it, I saw it at like 9.30 at night and I was in bed and I was like, what the hell, Dad? What's you're he doing? Leg- <laughs> you're a legend, Dad. You're a legend. So I was yeah. I was stoked by it. Um, and it even opens up conversations for me and my dad to have about stuff. And yep. like, that's always like talking to your dad about like mental health and thing like that. That's like not yeah. a very, uh, that's a topic of conversation that might not always be brought up and just normalizing having conversations like that and i think people hearing us where the whole podcast is dick jokes and fart jokes yeah to sit here and talk about how life isn't always that great and speaking up things so hopefully we can inspire some conversations inspire some donations Mm. and i hope you're all doing well out there yeah 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 absolutely absolutely it's um yeah, and look, honestly, like, kind of now swerving away from the uh, the the topic, like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you a one dick thing, joke like, for me or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this massive cock walks into a bar. Um, no, like, I was I was thinking about this recently, actually, like the, the influence my dad had on me when I was a bit younger. Like, so for example, I'll tell you the story about how my dad taught me not to be scared of spiders. Yeah. Yep. I was about I was about six seven years old and I was in my neighbor's front yard kicking the footy because they had heaps of trees mm. and it was sick because they looked like goalposts and all this kind of thing. I was always in the front yard there, and one day I freaked out because it was a massive spider on the tree and it was like this tree where my ball always ended up because like I kick it through the goals and it mm. always end up next to this tree and I'd freak out every time I saw this spider and then I told dad I was like can you get rid of the spider big fucking spider. Dad comes out he's wearing a singlet, he puts the spider on his hand, he picks it up. Puts the spider on his hand. It crawls up his arm. Goes up his arm onto his neck. It goes up his neck onto his face. And then the motherfucker just grabs the spider and puts it in his mouth. 
swallows it. Your dad did that. My dad did that. Guy has no fear. And then since then, now I fucking love insects. I love like, I like just picking them up and like Surely saving them and stuff like that. way to teach you about eating well, a then, spider. Yeah, he, no, because what he did was he just showed me like there's no reason to fear it. Yeah. And like everybody's scared of spiders. It makes me so annoyed that people want to kill spiders, dude. I had this flex moment at a party ages ago, right? Where I haven't picked up very big spiders. I'll often, like with my hands, I'll yeah. often grab a tissue, I'll grab a container yeah. or something like that because I always want to save them. And I was at a party not too long ago, right? And um, there was basically like my mate, a mate of mine like has like a bar fridge and it's pretty big and there's like, yeah, it was outside, like outside on the decking. There was a big like a yeah, bench with fridges running along the bottom and on one of the handles of the fridge was a fucking huge spider. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, like this girl like freaked out. She's like, oh, there's a spider, blah, blah, blah. And then, she was like, somebody kill it, somebody kill it. I just see someone grab a shoe and I just go into like defense mode. I'm like, no, don't fucking kill it, don't fucking kill it. And I walked over there. I was pretty, I had like a few drinks, by the way. And I just like picked it up with my hands and this huge huntsman, I had never done this before. And I was walking along with it and I was just having this moment like, this so, is for you, dad. <laughs> so, ec- so ecstatic that I was just really calm and I had this massive spider in my hands. And then I just like, you'd have over. so gotten pussy that night. Nah. You would have so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, just like walked over to this uh, retaining wall and just dropped it off on the other side and mm. then it just left. And I was like, I was just like so proud of myself. I would have sucked to dig after that. That is a boss, <laughs> that's a boss move. And, um, and then that kind of, and then it always makes me think back to that. Whenever I see a spider, I always think back to like, cause you have that initial fear. Like, whoa, what the fuck's this thing doing? Mm. Cause they're intimidating. But then you kind of think like, you know, like I have this instinct where I'm like, why am I scared of it? Why, why, what, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I kill spiders. I don't, I don't care. I don't fuck give a you, fuck bro. about them. Fuck you. I don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> um, uh, let's play our favorite, everyone's favorite segment. Oh, not that one. Oh, fuck. Which one is that? Which one? Did you get your hat stolen this week? Did you get your hat stolen this week, Ali? No. I didn't either. Cam? I did not. But, but, new segment alert. New segment <laughs> alert. Did you steal a hat this week? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. So, rescue mission. Me, at work, walk past the foreman's car oh, and no. I see a hat oh. on, his, on, his, on his seat. The blue hat. The blue hat with the dirty blue hat. I have a look at it and I go... This would be great podcast content. (laughs) Rescue mission. Bang. Take the hat. And I should have grabbed it. It's in my car. Grabbed the hat and I stole his hat. So (laughs) did you get your hat stolen this weekend? Foreman Anthony says, yes, he did. (laughs) I stole back my hat. I stole what is rightfully mine. (laughs) I stole what is mine. It felt good. felt liberating. That guy was probably so proud of that hat. (laughs) Not anymore, baby. Not anymore. I saw him when then he's wearing the white one again. Oh, he's, he's wearing the, the white, white one, one again. Oh. I don't. I haven't worn the hat around him though. Mm. But I think I'm going to. Yeah. He'll be like, "That's my hat." I'm like, Re- "It's fucking. Uh, it's my hat, bro." What are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it around him. It's a bit. Yeah. But it was more honestly. I don't even want that. But it was just moral. <laughs> <laughs> it was moral, and I just wanted to do. Did you steal that hat? I thought that was funny, so I was like, you know, that would be, yeah. So I stole a hat, Mm. and I was honestly, I was trying to work out a way. Mm. I was gonna like call the foreman 
and I was gonna ask her like record it and then ask him a question where he would say yes. Yeah. And then I could be like play him saying yes. <laughs> but honestly, I could, didn't want to call him to be honest. Yeah. That would have been weird. No, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Oh man, speaking of weird moments, when I was driving back from your house the other day, I witnessed the biggest NPC glitch in the Matrix <laughs> moment ever. <laughs> driving down the road, we're in Heidelberg, yeah. So there's weird. Oh well, fuck. why you dox me, bro? <laughs> you doxing me. My bad, we're in Dymo. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> we're in a weird suburb where there, there is just weird shit going on all the fucking time. When you walk out in these streets late at night, there's weird shit going on. I'm driving down the road, coming past an intersection. It's one of the intersections where on your left, that street which is coming towards the middle, it has that cutaway where they can then take a left mm. and then go into the same road as you. Yeah. So going straight ahead. Anyway, I'm driving along. This car just flies around that little cut-in and there's a, there's a car right in front of me and bang, they collide. And guess what? Nothing happened. They just both kept on driving, didn't pull over anything. And I'm thinking like that was an NPC. Were both was, their cars, were their cars fucked? The, 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 they, she literally T-boned the car. The front car did like a, almost went 90 degree skid. But then they just moved into lanes and kept going, didn't stop. Neither of them stopped. Neither of them stopped. So someone just got T-boned and they just... And they kept going. Like, what the fuck? It was the weirdest thing. I was on the phone to someone. And it was, and it was, was, like it was the guy out. going to... The person who T-boned the car, yeah. it was their fault as well. Oh, absolutely. Like, they, they flew were going... Around, flew around this corner and smacked straight into a car. How fucked was their car? Oh, like, well, I, I know that... Because I couldn't... When they then turned, I couldn't see the front of the car, which mm. flew around the corner. But the car, which kept on driving, the back corner panel just had like an, like a fuck, maybe like the size of a basketball shaped yeah. dent in the back. And I was like, surely, sure, I reckon there's two things. The guy who got hit, the person who got hit is like either I've got no insurance, no insurance. They could have been fucked up on alcohol or drugs or something. They're like, yeah. they might have been like, was that my fault? Oh, I can't do it. Like they, yeah. they shouldn't be. There's a reason they shouldn't be driving. And then the other guy, they are fucking. They, they, they yeah, ever, they're just like, oh, stop pulling over. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. Sweet. See I was you later. like, I was like, started to slow down because I'm like, all right, I witnessed it. I'm gonna have to come out. Like, yeah, I just saw that whole thing. What the fuck? And no, you're the it, one. You're sitting on the side of the road, fucking. <laughs> I'm the one. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, it was such a glitch. Such a glitch. Um, yeah. That is funny. That is funny. Um, keep rolling. rolling okay. Punches. Um, oh, man. And you know what else was weird this week? <laughs> Dude, on Facebook. So, okay. Uh, so much weird shit happens on Facebook. <laughs> so much weird shit. Dude, we've discussed how not many people use Facebook. Junkies and mums. It's junkies and mums. Exactly right. And like, you know, every now and then, you know what you might see on pay- Facebook nowadays? Maybe a, like a relationship post. Mm. But you know what I saw the other day that was the weirdest thing ever? A breakup post. As in like they made a status or like how you make your relationship status on thing is broken up. They broke, uh, changed their relationship status yeah. to broken up, but they also wrote something. Oh, do you have that. what they said? No, I didn't, but it was, it was roughly because I don't want to, you know, Give me like, a rough example of what they said. It was basically like, oh, uh, it was too long of a distance relationship, so we decided to split. But what? <laughs> like, yeah, we don't post, care. <laughs> we don't why care. Post, why give an explanation? How old is this person? Like our age? I think our age. I don't know them very well. I don't. It's one of those people that you've got on Facebook. Bro, I've got the weirdest <laughs> people on Facebook. You know, like on Facebook, you just have like 
because I had Facebook from when I was in like grade three. Yeah. So I had like people, anyone who went to my school who had Facebook, yeah. I added them on Facebook. I've got like friends with some people that like, I would look at them and I'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Like mm. if their name wasn't there, I'm like, who the hell are you? Yeah. But I also don't mind because like, I'm not going to follow them on Instagram. Yeah. I don't want to follow these people who I think, but I also don't mind. <laughs> bless you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I also don't mind having them been like, oh, that guy's doing something with his life, I guess. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. oh, you see how that guy's a fat piece of shit now. <laughs> There's a lot of fat pieces of shit. I swear. I swear. Oh God. That is funny. A breakup post. Yeah. Weird. It's who attention seeking. It who might, wants to? Who it wants might to be, it might I'm be, single. Yeah. Who wants to fuck me now? <laughs> Everyone who ever thought about fucking me, message me, please. Message yeah. me. That is funny. Let's go. That is fucking funny. All right, I got um, either I got two stories, and you can pick the one of the one or either. So I got a story about um. Actually, no, I'll I'll tell this story. So mm. this is the comedy level I deal with people on my job. Yeah, I get to work, and this guy goes to me. Gary Talia, Gary's the foreman. And this guy is like, he's the guy I caught smoking a joint in his car. Uh-huh. He's this guy. So he's fried, man. He yeah. like, he's like always gurning, always gurning. Yeah, he's like okay. got a constant gurn on. And I go, oh, what is, what? And he's like, Gary said, no cunts on site. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He said, yeah, no cunts on site. <laughs> Excuse me, mate? No cunts and you're a cunt. <laughs> and I literally just look him in the eyes and I was like, was that meant to be funny? <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, that was the shittest joke I've ever heard, man. And then I started I was like, bro, can I fucking use that? And I like usually just give this guy nothing. And then like every time I've seen him since, he's like, oh no, man, it was like he, I saw him later in the day, and he goes, oh man, it was just like it was early morning, man. Like it was just like he's just defending himself. And it was like the back paddling. Like, you could have like no cunts is like it's a bad word to use. Yeah. Like, no wankers on site would have worked better. Yeah. Like, no cunts on site can mean, like, no one on site. Yeah, Like, yeah. cunts can be, like, oh, all the, like... People. Like, big, like, yeah. Yeah. It was shocking. <laughs> it was so bad. That was And horrible. this guy's such he a, like... probably thought of it. He probably was, like, thinking about saying that <laughs> all morning. Probably thought of it on the way to work and was, like, I'm going to say it to the funny and guy. And, like, I was just, like, what the... <laughs> what the? Because at the start, I was like, did you hear Gary? I was like, oh, what did he say? No, mm. he can't. And I was like, this guy is such a. If you walk into like the paddocks of this place, yeah. you just see he's been. Ta- he gets the spray cans oh. and he, he tags just like the rocks in the in the paddock. <laughs> so in the paddock, there's just rocks with fucking his tags on it and shit like oh that. It's God. so funny. This guy's off his head, man. Oh, he's fucked. He's fucked. <laughs> Can I talk about something that happened at work or do you want to do your second story? Nah, it was shit. It was just okay. I saw a kid at a bus stop falling asleep sitting on the le- with his legs cross-legged. Like he was King cross-legged. Shit. He was King cross-legged shit. at the bus. Oh, sitting <laughs> on sleep. Just, yeah, like head against the pole, cross-legged. I, his eyes were closed. Yeah. But he was cross-legged like, and I was like, I just felt bad for him. But he's a king though. Yeah, he's a king. Man, look at that. That's unreal. Yeah. I'm a big, <laughs> big fan of that. But you know what happened at work at me recently? I was dealing with a customer probably for about three hours. We've got name tags on, like, it's very obvious, like, what my name mm. is. I introduce myself in the start, this kind of thing. Even give them a business card. They've got so many different ways of knowing what my name is. And I was dealing with this lady for about three hours. And with full confidence, as she left, she goes, goodbye, Matt. <laughs> and then walks away. And is I was there just a like, Matt at the... No. Nah. Uh, you're not telling Well, that. there is a Matt, but she didn't meet him. Yeah. There was no way of knowing that, she, had no, that the, she knew there was a Matt there. But she just calls me full confidence. See you, Matt. And I was like... Oh, you're not selling that car. Yeah, she's not coming back. <laughs> no fucking way. She's thinking about Matt. 
Whoever that is. You're not selling that guy. That's fast. No chance. No chance. What do you Very say? Awkward. What do you say? Do, so, because usually you have to follow up with these people. Yep. Are you going to call her and say, hey, it's Matt? No. I will call and say it's Ollie, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. She'll be, I don't know if she'll have like a moment on the phone, be like, oh, I thought your name was Matt or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's just, it's just did begging you, did for Did she have a business moment. card? Did she? No. Did you, so you didn't give her one, so. No, I gave her a business card. Oh, so she I would gave have her a business card. I introduced myself at the start and I've got a name badge on. So yeah. there's so many Where did ways. she get Matt from? Don't know. Maybe because you're just so easy to walk over as she was calling you like a, a doormat because oh, you're just like a true. fucking shit salesman. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's mental See mind a, games, baby. Yeah, exactly right. See a doormat. That is mental Damn. mind games. Um, one last thing before we get to Kieran, I reckon. Mm. Um, I was in the Cité during the week. Yep. In the Cité doing mm. some stand-up comedy. Mm. And I saw a guy on an electric scooter. No helmet, <laughs> but he was wearing a mask. Oh, and I was like, what? Like, that's the wrong type of protection. <laughs> like, why are you, like, you're worried about the wrong fucking thing, man. You're going like 40Ks on this scoot or whatever, however fast it is. Yeah. And you're wearing a mask, but you're not wearing a fucking helmet. Like, switch that around. Surely, <laughs> surely, like, there's a problem. he's trying to stay safe, bro. That's all he's doing. He's trying to stay safe. <laughs> What's the mask even? Like, COVID can't catch you on the, on the scooter. No. Nah. COVID can't go that quick. Yeah. COVID's like a 5k per hour type yeah, of thing, I it's like, Yeah, it's a bit of a, you know, it picks up a bit of speed when people spit on each other. Mm. But that's the max. Yeah. It's not, it's not tailing <laughs> a scooter, man. It's not getting to a car chase with a scooter. Mm. Man, uh, oh, before we jump off that, um, before we jump into Kieran, sorry, I should, I should say. Um, bro, I was thinking about this the other day. Okay, you know how there's like dog years and yeah. there's cat years? I reckon they're made up. I reckon they're made up to tell kids when their pet died, no... Your dog's eleven, but he's actually seventy-seven in dog years. So, that's but I think I think that's all it is. Like, what? What do you mean? No, I think that's all it is to be like one year equates to seven dog years in yeah. terms of that's all it is. It is made up. No, but yeah, exactly. But why? Just to put a <laughs> just to put a a thing so you you know how old dogs kind of are. It's just kind of a silly little thing. Like, yeah, I don't think I don't don't stress your pretty little head about it. I don't yeah. think I don't think you need to get too. Work, <laughs> I don't think you need to get too worked but up. But I about think it. no. But it was always talked about in like a scientific way. I don't think it I, was. You don't think so? I don't think it was that deep. You I thought really? it was just like whatever. Do you right. like? Are you really like? No, because then cat years was like a different number. Is cat? How many cat? What? Do you, how I don't many know. Cat I don't know. But I remember it being different to uh, dog years. Yeah, I don't think. Look, I don't think we need to stress too much about <laughs> cat and dog. I think that's something that like. We just accepted it's a thing. Yeah. And then we can just leave it in the past, I reckon. Yeah. The cat and dog years, they're in the past now, yeah. baby. But are you going to teach your kids cat and dog years? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. He's, I think I'm... I think look I'm infertile. Look, look at a pass that shit on. I think I'm infertile. Oh. Mm. Those jeans. <laughs> they are tight. <laughs> they are really tight. No, I drank these hard rocks last night. They're called, oh. hard, <laughs> they're called hard rocks. Four... Four standards in a can, Damn. mate. This like this thing would melt paint. Yeah, it was fucking toxic. Yeah, your breath smelled like honestly rock star. <laughs> it was like, it's like rock star, like a like um I don't understand. We got it from some Asian um uh, liquor store. What yeah. they called like one of those little. Nice. So um, but anyways, if you get them, do not drive. The government will come after you. <laughs> no, I, pa- I accidentally I paid with my card. Oh my so God. they're gonna they're gonna know where I am. I didn't even mention this kit that I'm wearing as well. I'm wearing oh, that yeah. old denim kit this Thursday at Laundry Bar. Mermac is finally getting on the mic, man. Mm. Mermac is finally getting on the mic, and I'm fucking I'm keen. I'm a bit nervous. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. And like 
I hope they just don't think I'm taking the piss out of them because I'm wearing like a full denim kit. <laughs> but this time, but the next pod we do, not the one that's coming out on Thursday, but the next double pod we have, yeah. we'll have a rap battle to discuss. Yes. And I'm thinking a good thing would be we do like a genius, you know, like genius where they like, uh, they talk about their lyrics and they say what they'll, the <laughs> meaning behind the lyrics. I reckon that could be pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. All right. Perfect. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned in for Kieran Daddy Davidson. Yeah. Uh, great app. Uh, there's some technical issues, so I've edited it as well as I could, but it sounds pretty good. Um, Kieran is a great dude from Big Brother. You know him. You love him. You'll love him. And I love you so much. All right. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. I made it, we- <laughs> I made it weird. I made it weird. All right. Peace out. See you on the other side. Here we are. The man, Kieran Davidson from 2020 Big Brother. We've got him. We've got him. We've landed the big fish. I, I, I kind of um, forgot this was happening. So uh, how are we, lads? Right? Good to see you. <laughs> I'm a fuckhead with my time management. Uh, as people know, in Big Brother, I never knew what I was doing. So, yeah, it's good to see you. Thanks for having me on, lads. I saw you I saw you reel the other week and I was pissing myself. When I came to my... Uh, Instagram DMs. I thought, what the fuck is this? And I joined and I was having a good laugh. So then scroll through all your content. It's great stuff. Thanks, man. Thanks. I um, I used to, honestly, that was the only year of Big Brother I watched. I think it was because it was like COVID as well. So I think it was a lot of yeah. eyes. First year Big Brother back. And me and my girlfriend watched it and we just thought you were the funniest guy ever. I was a big oh, fan. Thank you. I was cheering on, I was cheering on Home the Cockroach. That's it. And, That's it. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the cockroach, being called the cockroach? Oh, I loved it. So I said to producers before I went into the show, I want to be the villain. I want to be the person that talks shit, backstabs people, stir the pot. I said that in my original audition. And then um, I actually stuffed up my entire audition when I um, originally applied. They do this thing where they put you in groups of like 10 people once you've made it through all the, like you sit down with one-on-one producers along the way and then they chuck you in a group of 10 on the day. And my task was to do a TED talk about why trees talk. And I get up in front of everyone, and I know nothing about fucking trees. I have no idea what I'm talking about. So I get up there, start up, like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Stuff it all up. And then the only way I redeemed myself was we did this game where they'd throw the ball around the people in the room, and um, the topic you landed on you had to talk about. So mine, ironically, was social media. So I was just like, yeah, I've gone viral for being Australia's worst driver, can't drive a car for shit, been on my license for, then it was three and a half years, it's now seven. Um, (laughs) Yeah, still. um, And and they loved it. So they said, yeah, look, run with it. And then I went to a one-on-one interview with the executive producer and she said, look, we can't offer you anything right now because we've got to go through the whole process, but just promise me you won't get your license before you go on the show. I said, sure thing. There's no, there's no chance of that happening. And then there was nothing. It was darkness for four months. Didn't hear anything from anyone. I actually didn't think I'd get it. I thought I spoke too much shit in the auditions and I didn't get it. But then uh, randomly one month before we all went in, I got a call and it was, yep, you're in, pack your bags. You've got a month to sort your shit out before you go in. And I was like, holy fuck, here we go. And it was a... You're not allowed to tell people that you're going in, are so, you? So, yeah, so you're not allowed to tell anyone, but it's kind of like I'm in a lads group chat like I'm sure you are, and they're all like, I was like, I'm going to Sydney next week and I can't tell you where they're going. And they're like, where the fuck are you going? You have to tell us. And like, how long away are you? I'm like, yeah, look, I'm going to be away for like seven weeks, can't tell you. And um, I said, look, I can't tell you anything because you signed NDA, obviously, for these things. Yeah. And um, I said, yeah, no, I can't tell you anything. And they just had to deal with that. And then they obviously they would – all the lads in my group chat would hassle my parents while I'm away. And they're like, we can't say anything either. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then what they do is, is once you fly over to Sydney, they put you in a 
three-day like lockdown where they take away your phone and you just got to like watch regular TV, which is a real pain in the ass. So, and yeah. then you had to do like all the like the pre-interviews, all the like you had to sit down and do another psyche eval and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I pretty much spent the whole three days just plotting about how I was going to get the first person out. Because obviously, I'm not sure if you guys, are, you guys are Big Brother fans, but I watched all the UK and because this was like kind of new to Australia at the time, they'd never, they produced a warned me and said it's going to be very much like BBUS and BB Can. So if you can familiarize yourself with, yourself with that format. So I spent like, I think I spent like the entire month uh, after work each day, just coming home and like binge watching episodes of like BB UK and BB US. And Tim Dormer, who was, who won the, uh, 2013 season, which was one of the reasons why I applied because I was such a Big Brother fan. He was on BB UK. Uh, he was on BB UK, so um, I watch all his season and stuff like that. So yeah, we, we were told to kind of familiarise ourselves with it beforehand. Um, but yeah, that's all like the prep we kind of had at the time. Yeah. How long was the audition process? Like, how many times were we going in for interviews and all that? So I. You'll find this funny. So one day I was, uh, I was like a, just chilling on the weekend and my friend sent me, I think it was a, like Punky did an article saying Big Brother's coming back, all people that want to audition, submit an application. And it was the final weekend that you could do it. So they were doing this whole wrap up of like, get your audition videos in, it's going to wrap up. My, one of my mate, good mates, Matt, sent me the thing and said, you have to fucking audition for this, you're going to get on. And I was like, yeah, cool, I'll give it. So I was severely hungover, ironically, on the Sunday because I'd gone out with the boys the night before and was absolutely smashing piss. Anyway, so I was, my audition video is horrendous. It's shaky cam on an iPhone, totally hungover. I'm like, if you give me an opportunity to go through the next round, I'll talk so much shit. I'll backstab, do whatever you want to do. Because I kind of knew, like, I work in media myself, so social media marketing. So I kind of understood what they wanted for, like, a reality TV contestant, that type of yeah. thing. Um, so I said, look, I have no shame of going in there and embarrassing myself and just, like, fucking around. And they loved that. And then didn't hear anything then for two weeks. So you submit it, you hear nothing. Like, no, you get, a like, a computer email you and say, uh, yeah, thanks so much for um, auditioning all this crap bullshit. Anyway, then I actually got a phone call from a guy who had like a British accent and was like, oh, I'm from Big Brother. Do you want to chat? I'm like, yeah, okay. I've just come out of uni lecture because I studied film at the time. And he was like, um, yeah, just walk me through your gameplay. And I was on the phone for an hour with this guy just selling myself saying like, put me on. You won't regret it. I'm going to talk so much shit, yada, yada, yada. Then two weeks, nothing. And then I got an email saying, yep, you're through to a cattle call at the Festival Centre here in Adelaide. And I rocked up and 100 people were there. And I'm like, what the fucking getting on this show? There are 100 yeah. people here. And then they gave you colour-coordinated spots. So there were these rows. And the first row was blue row. And then it went back in colours. So obviously the first row was really good. And I thought, watch me. I'm going to go up to this fucking woman. She's going to put me in the last row. Anyway, I got the colour and I was in the first row. I was like, now there's only four people in the front row. So I'm like, holy fuck. Okay, maybe I'm in for a chance of this. And ironically, at the time, I didn't realize that Talia, who was in my season, was two rows behind me as well. And we, like, I, I saw her interacting with other people on the day, but I had no idea who she was at the time. Uh, then you went in, and this was like an eight-hour process. You sat down with, like, four individual people across the period, and they were like, sell yourself to me. Why are you different to every other person that wants to go on this show? And I was like, look, I'm different because... I'll do anything. A lot of people go in there and they're like, oh, I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to talk shit, but I'm the total opposite. I'm just going to go in there and have fun. And they love me. And then like you went through progressive stages to that first audition that I told you guys about in a group of 10. And then they're like, thank you so much for your time. Heard, then heard nothing for another two weeks. 
and then got called back for a one-on-one with the executive producer. And that's when she said to me, look, I can't offer you anything now, but don't get your license. So then I kind of knew that I was in, but I never had anything in paper copy or anything to sign for four months. So it's a waiting game for four months. So your whole life is up in the air. Can't plan anything because if you think I'm going to be in, it's all going to go to shit when I have to go. So I was kind of in limbo. And it kind of worked out well because I just finished my university degree. So I was just like, chilling either I'm going to go get a job in my field or I'm just going to go on Big Brother. So I was actually, it was actually perfect timing for me. And then we kicked off and yeah. And like you, uh, you mentioned before that, um, that you had spoken to the producers, you told them that you want to come across this way, da, 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 da. Uh, do you reckon, did all things go ahead? Do you reckon you were portrayed exactly the way you wanted to, or do you reckon so, they tried to paint you in a different light? The fun, the, not at all. I actually think they did a good job, very authentic to who I was in there. I went in there and I was trying to be this like big villain game player because I watched Survivor as well. And David Jannat, who was on that show, was blindsiding people, backstabbing people. And I wanted to be exactly like that, but in Big Brother. And mm. I just kind of looked like the bumbling idiot in the end. That Like uh, Stephen Bradbury went uh, all the way through to the end and was just like sitting there like, how the fuck did I end up here? Which is not how I thought I was going to be portrayed in the show. I walked out there and I'm like... I've escaped seven nominations. I'm a fucking legend. Like, this is great. Then I watch episode two, I'm like, holy fuck, I look like the bumbling moron that's just, like, skating through. <laughs> but they didn't include a lot of the things I said. Like, I would be... Daniel Gorringe will say this as well. He said, Kieran used to go to the diary room seven times a day because I was reading up online before, the more you go to the diary room, the more airtime you're going to get. So I would be going to the diary room seven times a day just updating, like, producers about what I was thinking. Just quietly, at the end, I was rooting for Dan Gorringe at the end of that season, yeah. and he probably won. And then whoever, who the guy that won, was his name Chad? Is that his name? In, in Chad, yeah, Chad, Chad, and yeah. Then, nobody gave a fuck about him for the whole series. And then like, then like the promos before he came out, that's something about his dad or something like that. And yeah. he copped all these promos, and I was like, no, like I did not notice this guy this whole series. Yeah, and now a win like he did not deserve that win yeah so the final i was i was because i'm good friends with adam liang who was on my season as well who they portrayed in a totally different way opposite to what i saw him in the house everyone fucking hated the guy when he left i felt really sorry for him because we were really good mates in the house and we said we're just gonna play this like on night one me and him we met each other on night one and we were in like the green room yeah that's him yeah no one remembers (laughs) yeah we were in the green room just like plotting about backstabbing people and stuff and like we're gonna cause so much shit and then he obviously went episode two so i had to restructure but yeah you're right with chad it was i was saying to him when i went to sydney for the finale we were all sat down and watched it together and we'd say that in the final three episodes they turned it for chad with all the promo all the heartfelt stuff and like i I have nothing against chad i love him he's a very genuine guy like very genuine bloke and like um yeah good bloke all around but yeah, I, I was thinking that Daniel should have won or I was rooting for Sophie because I was in the white room with her, with her at the time as well. So, yeah. yeah. the white room and mm-hmm. you ended up with 15K. 15K, yeah. So, 15, yeah. 5, 4, 4 or something, yeah. The concept was like you had like a minute or something and then yeah. you press the button and yeah. – how close so if it goes over the minute you get no cash in your round i got no yeah yeah so that was the rule so you get no cash if it goes over a minute and then the house would have decided to put me back in because they knew that i wouldn't win any challenges and i'd be sent home the next day so i was kind of like to myself because at the time when we're in there with covid we do like my family and i we go overseas every single year so i had no idea what the like realism of covid was at the time because we hadn't been out and i thought oh look 15 grand i'll get a really nice holiday for my family and i to celebrate all this bullshit once I get out, I'll we'll go to Europe and shit. Came out that night and the woman's like, okay, like you get this minder that picks you up. And I was like, okay, we have a lot to tell you. Don't Google anything. Don't like oversensitize yourself to the information. You're going to be overwhelmed. 
And she's like, I'm like, yeah, so what's all this COVID shit? Like, is that over yet? And she's like, no, no, it's just beginning. And I'm like, what? And then, like, I hugged one of the producers. I was on my way out, and she's like, yeah, you don't want to be hugging people or touching people anymore. And it was, like, really surreal. I remember flying home that day to come back to Adelaide, and there was, like, 15 of us on the flight, and I got the last flight out before SA did, like, a full-on hard border closure. And what happened was is we were flying home, and I actually threw my mask out because I thought, like, you don't understand. Like, I've been away for six weeks. I think this is a common cold. And, like, people have told me, but you don't really understand the real, like, dramatized version of it all. Anyway, we're flying home and we're descending into Adelaide. Like, I can see the airport. It was we're about to land. And the pilot comes over the um, mic and goes, oh, guys, there's been a COVID outbreak in Adelaide. We're sending this bird back to Sydney. And the guy descends back to cruising and goes straight back to Sydney. And I'm like, okay, this is really serious. So... Yeah, then there was the whole thing of getting home, and lucky I got home on the next flight, and then they canned it all. So, but yeah, it was really um, surreal that whole COVID what thing. Yeah, you in the house about COVID? What they say in the house? So one of the so one of the earliest stages, I think we were in there probably for about three and a half weeks, and I was trying to figure out what time it was because the boys were going to the Formula One Grand Prix at the time in uh, Melbourne, and I was trying to figure out in my head like, would they have gone yet? I don't know. Like the day I knew the day I came in, I knew how many days I've been in. So I thought, oh, that was the first thing that got cancelled. Yeah, so I was like, oh, it'll be today. Flight. Anyway, yeah, that same day, a Skyrider came above us in the thing. We're like, oh, fuck, a Skyrider, because you're so bored in there. On days off, when you're not doing shit, it's fucking so boring. You're like, fucking punch me in the mm-hmm. face. Anyway, so this Skyrider comes across. So we're like, I wonder what it's going to write. And he does this big thing of wash your hands across in the sky. And we're like, bro, what the fuck is going on in the outside world? So we all made a pact. We went into the diary room. We're like, you got to tell us what the fuck's going on out here. Because something's going on and we don't know what's going on. And Big Brother's like, no, we can't tell you anything. And then the only time they told us something was what, what was shown on TV was when ScoMo made it a national, international emergency and like addressed the public and was like, these are the laws, you got to do this. And then they told us. And then even then when they told us, I remember being like, like not understanding, you know what I mean? Like everyone else on the outside understood how serious it was, but we were just like these people that had no idea. And that still lasted until when I came home and had to isolate for two and a half weeks. And I was like, okay, fuck, this is really... And then after the two weeks, I was still like, do you want to go get beers or something? And my mate Will was like, fuck, bro, we can't go out for another seven months. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So, yeah. Wasn't there a crew member that was like close Yeah, so there was a... That was another thing that was in the episode. There was a crew member that was a close contact, but us being idiots, we were inside the house. We had no idea what a close contact was. So we're like, oh, cool, break. Like, they chucked on some movies for us as well, which was really cool because we hadn't fucking had, we hadn't seen fucking any interaction apart from ourselves and fucking yonks. Um, And then that obviously came back negative and we're like, okay, get get on with it. But yeah. So what, that boredom, what did you do to fill the boredom? Because honestly, how long were you in there? About 30-something days? or I was in there 38, I think. 38 days, yeah. So the boredom, what would, what would happen was they were, meant to do, they were meant to film the show for eight weeks, but then they cut it by two because uh, – no, yeah, two, uh, yeah, two, yeah, or a week and a half because of the whole COVID thing. They were afraid that it wouldn't get wrapped. So what we did was is um, – we, for me, I just strategize with people. So Matt Garrick, who was in the house of me at the time, would get so fucking pissed off with me because I was so bored. I'd come up to him every single day and be like, what the fuck's the next move? Who the fuck are we getting out? Like, let's fucking jump on so-and-so. And he would be like, bro, you need to chill. I can't fucking talk about this. And they would get really pissed with me because I would be like on, I think like on tilt all the time, like wondering who the fuck's coming after me. And like, why well, have you been in there for 25 days? Paranoia kind of sets in. And you're like, what the fuck's going, like, who's going to come after me next? And like, there's the whole idea of, they, the producers could just swing in a massive twist, just like um, they did with the white room that we wouldn't see coming. I remember saying a couple of days before the whole white room thing to Big Brother, 
oh, when are you going to throw another curveball at us? It's been about two weeks since we've had anything big. And he's like, oh, all in good time or some shit. And I thought nothing's going to happen. But just yeah, when sort, I, just sort of winning the whole thing, do you yeah. think that was the sort of outcome for you? Yeah. You're sort of destined to be voted out. You came second. Through. That's second. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're second. Like, that's... Correct. <laughs> okay. I'm second, yeah. So, the thing is, is that I... Yeah, I, I wouldn't have won. Well, the thing is, I would have won if I made it to the final three, but I would never have made it to the final three because I can't couldn't win a fucking challenge to save myself. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I was very happy. Like, when I got evicted, like, when you get evicted, you kind of come to term with that. And, like, going into the eviction room before, like, two hours before I knew I was gone because I'd spoken to Sarah and, Sarah and Sophie... And they were the only two people that could have saved me. And they were like, no, nah, we're going to fucking vote you. I'm like, okay, fair enough. So like, I remember being sitting next to Matt on the couch and being like, oh, I can't wait to have a fucking beer, honestly. Like, get me the fuck out of here at that point. And I got into the hallway and then um, I was like, like, you go outside and I was expecting like kind of an exit interview with Sonia. But I went to like, look, and it was all dark. I'm like, what the fuck? So I go to exit and then that's when he told me it was a fake eviction. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then I thought it was like going to be like a reward or some shit. Like you get to fucking spy on people or some shit. And I get in there. And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. It's all white. And like, this is going to be torture. And producers actually had to check on me. I think it was like an hour 25. Cause I never do exercise. Like fuck the gym. I never do exercise, but I got so bored. I was running on the spot for 80 minutes talking to myself and producers came over on the mics and was like, Kieran, you're all right. I'm like, in my head, I thought I'm going to be doing it for 15 minutes. Cause you lose all track of time. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just running on the spot to like kill my board. And like, you've been running on the spot for fucking like 85 minutes. And I'm like, fuck. So yeah, it really fucked me up. And like, it does less than another day. Yeah. It does less than another day. I reckon I probably would have fucking pressed the button with no money. Cause I was doing my fucking head in towards How the end. How long were you in there for? In that room for I was in there for, I think it was 70 hours. Yeah. Three days straight nearly. Honestly, like I honestly don't think I could do big brother from just the mental thing of you're so bored all the time. Oh, I would, oh. I would pull my hair out. And... So bored. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing, one thing I really didn't realize going in how bored I'd be. Uh, and everyone everyone else in that season will tell you the same thing and other people I've spoken to in other seasons as well have said the exact same thing like you sign up for it and like it's fun like when there's days where shit's going on it goes really quickly and like you're loving it but the days where fuck all happens you're just like holy fuck what am I signed up but it's a prison it really is a glamorous prison with a pool what are you doing to pass the time then? Oh, like we'd, we'd make games, we'd talk shit, we'd like, there's so there's so many unaired footage at Channel 7 sitting there in the fucking hard drives that if it gets aired, all the shit that went down, the, like when like we weren't playing the game, like, yeah, it's if that ever gets released, fucking see you later, I've gone overseas or some shit, because no one's going to fucking understand what I've done. But yeah, look, no, nah, it was nothing too bad. We'd just like, we'd just like talk shit and like there was a lot of stuff um people swearing at each other and all that type of stuff because like um it's like a pg show so they couldn't air any of that yeah yeah. so there was like i was i was swearing so much at one point that i got called in by a producer and they're like we can't use a conversation with these two other people over here because you're saying fuck 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 so i'm back (laughs) so you this is a pg show you got to fucking not do this i'm like all right yeah cool so yeah and that's what happened so yeah it was good um so you still don't have your license is that confirmed no license seven years no i actually just went on i actually just went on my first driving lesson the other day uh, in two years with my parents and i just uploaded the video because i hadn't uploaded to socials in a while 
with that, and a lot of people were asking me, so I thought I'd do a bit of an update. Still fucking terrible. Spatial awareness, stalling the car. It's terrible. No, so the automatic, no, the automatic though, the spatial awareness, I'll be driving along and I'll think a car is like in my head, like ages away, but it's like that fucking close. And like, I'll just be like, eh, whatever the fuck. Dad put a paper the other day. So it's like you're driving a tank and with a tank, you can just run over things and keep going. That's what your mentality is about driving. So yeah, yeah, it's crazy. When do you have to reapply? You have to reapply. Oh, my next, yeah, my next, yeah, yeah. So my next one's, let me check actually. I'll have a quick look. I think it's October. It's October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Replassing it. Cause that'll be, well, the thing is last year, I just went and renewed them. I just paid whatever it is. Yeah. No, it wasn't last year. It was a couple of years ago. I went and just paid whatever it is and renewed them. Cause it's my only form of ID as well. And I'm like, I'll just show my ID. Oh, and stuff. Yeah. and um, I love it. I love it. it. People, I, I absolutely love it when people come up to me and they're like, oh, you got your, you got your license yet? Or fucking you fuckhead. Have you, have you got your peas? Yeah. I love it. And I love it because people on Facebook, on my Facebook page, I message me every day and like the videos brighten up their day and stuff too. So I've just restarted the journey on my YouTube and Facebook. I am going to get my peas. I've decided cause I've got it. I can't, can't keep Ubering everywhere. I'm like Adelaide's number one platinum Uber, Uber passenger. Are you? Um, Uber. Oh, yeah, Uber everywhere. Nah, fuck the bus. I don't have time for that. <laughs> I, I Uber everywhere, man. I'm platinum on Uber. So, like, I'm top, top, top tier, bro. Oh, my God. Like, I, get, Uber I get, like, five free Ubers a month. Yeah. Like, they, they like, they, they give me free Ubers for a amount I use it. Yeah. Like, I think I took, like, 32 Ubers last month, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Ubers, Ubers. And, um, yeah, I'm a big Uber guy. <laughs> yeah. I had a quick question about... um. Alone time in the Big Brother house. Do you get any uh, special Kieran time, if you know what I mean? No, I didn't. No, I did not in the house. Because what happened was, is if that ever happened, they, like, Sophie and Chad, I know, were, like, macking on one time. And they were like, oh, no, like, clear out, don't do that, because they wanted to keep it very PG. And I think they publicly mm. said that before, but whatever if they haven't. But, um, yeah, yeah, so, no, unfortunately not. But I, I did try and um, hook up with Hannah at the time, and she – Gonna be a bit of smooch in the house, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but then, so I told, I told, I told all my mates. Oh, I was like, God. yes, look at me, I'm on. And then they came out, and like, on one of my mates was like, you fucking bullshitter, you're a goddamn yeah. liar. And I'm like, what happened? So yeah, it was it was crazy. This is Channel Seven asking for the footage. I, I know, footage. I know, I know. I need the fucking footage. Give it to me, honestly. I need the proof. Thirty-eight days. Well, when you got home, that fucking. Orange oh. and black would have got a fucking meltdown. Yeah, it was about yeah. Yeah, no comment on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, too good. Um oh, I got another question. I'm assuming yeah. in the house you're like, we're gonna be friends forever. These are gonna be friends forever. How dead is the WhatsApp group right now? Bro, so the, the group chat, Instagram group chat broke up during the show because it came out throughout the show that People had been bitching, like, and I was one of the culprits because I, like, bitch about everyone. So I was one of the – people would be in there and be like, sure, why the fuck you said it about me in that episode? And, like, why the fuck did it that? Because, like, I'm not sure if you guys remember, when I evicted – when I lied about Danny in the house and she got evicted, mm. not everyone kind of knew about that situation. Um, and I got absolutely fucking flamed when it aired. And um, she knew. She knew. She knew it was me. The minute she got evicted, she, like, had already pre-messaged me on Instagram in my request, being like, you piece of shit, yada, 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 yada. But I still speak to some really good friends with Alan and we have a, like, it's kind of broken off into groups. Like, I think Talia, 
Um, he's still good friends with Matt, Dan, Zoe, that group who I never really got along with. Um, and I'm still really good friends with like Angela, Danny, Marissa, Hannah, Alan, all those types of groups. We have our own group, but we did have a big group chat you know, during the show airing, and um, yeah, it got broken down just because I didn't realize guys <laughs> only made it to episode seven. And then we wanted to yeah. see each other at the finale, and it was like the most. F- I brought my friend with me as like a plus one as my guest, and he would look around the whole thing. I remember vividly, and you go, "Fuck these people, they're so fake. You'll fucking hate each other, and you're here having drinks." And it's like, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. That week was that week was whack. Yeah, it was it was wild. Nuts. Um, oh, that's actually everything. I've yeah, yeah. Kieran, man, do you have any oh, hey, thing? Plug whatever. No, yeah, just um. Yeah, just check out my Facebook, YouTube, because I'm uh, going to start uploading driving videos again and hopefully get my fucking peas next time I speak to you. I'll have my peas. So, you yeah. Kira, yeah. You're a legend. You gave me so much joy during COVID because me and my girlfriend would sit there and be like, go, oh, Kieran. <laughs> and honestly, I, I don't follow any, uh, like, celeb- like uh, reality TV stars on Instagram, but I've always kept the Kieran Davidson follow. <laughs> Kieran, you're oh, my that. boy. Um, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure, man. Uh, thank you all for listening. Always, guys. Legend. Peace Cheers. out, man. See you.